Welcome, art lovers, to the SCHS Visual Art Podcast, where we are equipping creative minds to be artists of many styles and disciplines. We feature guest artist talks and other fun things to guide, inspire, and inform the work you make or want to make. I'm Tucker Webb, but a lot of you listening probably know me as Mr. Webb. Let's check it out. All right, everybody, welcome to the 17th episode of the SCHS Visual Art Podcast. For today's art chat, we are talking with Ben Ein. Ben lives and works in London as a letterform and street artist. His work features colorful and stylistic words and lettering, and he's most known for a circus typeface that is prominent in a lot of his work. He was inspired at a young age by the graffiti of New York, which made him want to start creating things of his own. He spent years making works on walls and shutters in London, and now makes paintings, screen prints, as well as murals and commercial work for companies like Louis Vuitton and Nike. You can find Ben on Instagram at Einsigns, that's at E-I-N-E-S-I-G-N-S, or online at benein.co.uk. This was recorded live with one of our advanced art classes, so of course you'll hear some students asking some questions throughout our chat. Now, let's get to our chat with Ben Ein. So, uh, how, how's it going in London? London? Yeah, Somewhere. London, we are about to come out of lockdown. Okay, that's awesome. So I think in the next two weeks, because we're in Ireland, you know, we've banned, yeah, we've banned French people and Spanish people from coming over. So we've kind of like contained it and yeah. then rolled out the vaccine incredibly well. Uh, I had my vaccination on Wednesday. So nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think we've got it under control at the moment. You guys are like uh, right behind, I know like Australia, they're kind of in the same boat because they're, uh, you know, they're an island, not yeah. many people. They're just like having fun on the beach doing their thing. Yeah, Bondi all the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, welcome to, to Tennessee, USA. Amazing. The dry state. Yes, it is. <laughs> Look at you. Look at that knowledge. For the, yeah, the famous, famous for Jack Daniels. That's I think that's the uh, yeah that's the international <laughs> international uh, fame for sure. Yeah, like what else? What else is Tennessee famous for? Like, there's got to be a bit of music somewhere. Yeah, yeah, music. Uh, so we're we're just outside of Nashville. Nashville is called Music yeah, City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got the Mississippi Mississippi going somewhere, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. On the on the west side. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I guess, you know, uh, Elvis wasn't born here, but kind of was doing his thing here. Johnny Cash, all those guys. Um, Johnny Cash was a gangster, wasn't he? He was, yeah. <laughs> the original. <laughs> Dude, yeah. yeah, if you want to be like someone, don't be like Tupac, be like Johnny Cash. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben, how are you? You're doing all right? 
Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Like the world is getting back to normal. Like work is like starting to have open up again. People are advertising. So, you know, as a commercial artist, we're getting work again, you know, selling paintings. So yeah, yeah, the world's going back to normal. It's been like a really hard year. Have you have you been able to keep busy in any way over the past year or has it completely just shut everything down? I mean, I imagine it changes what you do for sure, but I don't so know. So basically, so basically I did a show in March last year. And then after March, I had this big project in Mexico City, then I had a project in Japan, and lockdown happened and like everything got cancelled or postponed. Yes. So I've basically spent a year. Well, actually, we were quite clever. So we started making face masks. Yeah. So I've lived off face masks for the last year. That's good. That's gone well. Yeah, yeah. Like we're selling like thousands of them. That's awesome. It costs us three pounds. We sell them for 15 quid. Yeah. That's awesome. I should, I should, you should email me your address and I'll send you guys a load of face masks. Oh, that would be super sweet. Yeah, everybody yeah, seems really excited about that. Literally, literally, they're all drawing. <laughs> and they said they're going to get some free stuff and everyone went, yeah! yeah. <laughs> um, that's awesome. I mean, I, I will send, I'll send you my the address, but don't feel obligated. That would be... No, no, honestly... We've got hundreds of them. Yeah, we, we'll send you like a load. We'll send you like 50. Well, we'll all take a picture wearing them. Send them to you. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, Ben, you want to kind of start by just giving us like the old uh, elevator <coughs> elevator pitch, sort of like what, who are you and what do you do and all of that? So uh, my name's Ben. I live and work in London. I am 50 years old, which is old. <laughs> uh, so at the age of 14, I discovered a book called Subway Art, which is a book of photography by Martha Cooper and Henry Chalfont. And it's a book of graffiti in New York. Mm -hmm. uh, when I didn't know that graffiti existed, when I didn't understand that people painted trains and it literally blew my mind and it became my Bible. And I dedicated kind of 25 years of my life to doing graffiti. And then it got to a point where I could no longer do graffiti because I'd been arrested and blah, blah, blah. And through graffiti, I had a fascination with typography and sign writing and handmade printing and screen printing and all the elements that were involved in making something without a computer, like, like learning to paint with a brush and doing sign writing and learning to do woodblock printing. And, and so my art kind of developed through that and you know that's kind of what i do now that's amazing well can i ask you a question and it sounds Please. like it sounds like i'm uh i'm just playing devil's advocate here because yeah you know, uh, i'm an art teacher and i love i love the handmade stuff in a world where these guys have access to basically any font or typeface uh any program that they can use to to uh, manipulate 
text and stuff. What what is the thing that should make them care about hand hand drawn lettering or handmade lettering as compared to the 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 digital side of things? Okay, you look at something and you see something wrong in that element or that font or that typography. And, and this is like one of the things that drives me. I want to correct it. I want to make it better. So I redraw stuff and I redraw stuff. And, you know, I've got iPad Pros and Apple Macs and blah, blah, blah. But there's nothing better than actually drawing it on a piece of paper and then tracing it and tracing it. And I'm sure you could do it on a computer, but it's like, I'm old. So it's like, you just trace it and trace it and trace it. And you redraw it. And as you redraw it, you learn it. And it gets installed in your head. And it's like, nowadays, like when I go out and paint a wall, I don't draw an outline to paint that wall. I've got it in my head because I've drawn it so many times. Mm -hmm. So it's like, draw it and trace it and correct it and make it right. So when you go out to a wall, are you saying that you just uh, you draw things by hand? Or are you, are you stenciling things out? at all or or you just because you've drawn it so many times you you can kind of just go up to a wall and get going uh so basically i just painted this big wall uh in ilford in london it said survival it was like how tall was it it was like nine meters high and 28 meters long mm -hmm. and i literally Sorry about sketched the bell. It. yeah i literally sketched it on the back of a sticker <laughs> 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 i've got it in my head i've drawn this stuff so many times and especially like with the circus font mm -hmm. like because it's so so flowy like it enables you to twist and manipulate and move things yeah. in a way that helvetica would never allow you to do i agree um so when you're when you're starting out uh let's say you've got an idea for a word that you, or, or a phrase or a sentence or whatever that you're wanting to create something based on. How do you move from that sketch on the back of a sticker to like, this is going to be a painting or this is gonna be a screen print or this is gonna be a mural or does it just kind of happen like by chance? So, so basically somebody comes along and says to me, I've got a wall that I'd like you to paint. And based on the size and the shape of the wall, that defines what I can write on that wall. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if it's like, you know, like a metre high and like 10 metres long, then I could fit like five, six letters on that. Mm -hmm. So then I'm going to write survival or something on that wall. Uh, with regard to screen prints and artwork, they're generally commissions. So I have a phrase or an idea in mind and then I make the space fit what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And these phrases and, and words and things that you're using, you said you got an idea in your mind. Do you have like a, you're like a, a sketchbook or notepad or uh, in your phone or something, you have like all these just random bits that you... Yeah. For that? yeah, yeah. I'm literally like, read something in a newspaper, write it down, hear a lyric from a song, write it down, 
mm-hmm. you know, overhear a conversation as I'm walking down the road and somebody's going, wah, 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 and just write that conversation down. Yeah, I've got like books and books of like random nonsense. And the thing, the thing is about like, you know, writing words is, you know, the word in the sentence means something, but if you take the word out of that sentence, it doesn't have any structure around it. So everybody, everybody reads something else into it. Yeah. Which I find quite interesting. Yeah. It's yeah. It sort of reminds me of uh, like if you go to an art gallery or something and there's like a, an image that doesn't necessarily have like a clear story, you know, people can just kind of interpret yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's like you know, you you know, you write the word survival on a wall, and it's like, you know, if I wrote, I survived this, you know, it it, it defines the word survival, mm-hmm. but just the word on its own, it's interpreted in so many different ways by so many different people, and so many different cultures, and where you've come from and where you've got to and where you are. Mm-hmm. You know, it means something different to everybody. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you, I assume you don't you don't have any like uh, any examples or work around you that it, within arm's reach to you. Anything? No, I actually hate my work. <laughs> <laughs> no, All right. I love everybody else's work. I actually don't have any of my stuff here. No, that's, I yeah. I, it uh, it makes sense that you wouldn't have just your own prints all over the walls. Oh well, yeah, I you know I make it, so I'm kind of sick of it. Yeah, you know, well, you know, I, I, uh, these guys I think looked up you know some of your work and some of them are familiar and stuff like that. But I'll make sure to show them a good uh, like a, a, several images and stuff when we get done with this too. Oh so. yeah, okay. So one of the things you do as an artist is you try to create something that's perfect, and that's impossible. Mm-hmm. And every time you create something that's not perfect, you just let yourself down. And that's yeah. why I've got a flat full of everybody else's art except mine. Yeah. Because I'm continually let down by myself. But I'm striving for perfection. Have you made anything that you actually enjoy? Like that you are just like, you can enjoy it as a, not the artist, but just as somebody that's like, you know, that looks pretty, pretty cool. I sold it. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go track that down. Yeah, yeah, no, I sold it. That works. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I like the stuff I paint on the street. Yeah. I enjoy that a lot more than the canvases that earn me money. And it's like invariably, it's like the stuff that I paint on the street, it actually costs me money to paint them. Mm-hmm. But the canvases and the screen prints and the rest of the nonsense give me the money that enables me to do what I want to do yeah. as an artist. It sounds like the the walls allow you to kind of do why you... It's more freedom. Them. It's more freedom. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I'm going to open it up real quick if you if that's okay for some student questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah, cool. got a ton of things we can talk about, but... Um, does anybody have a question right off the bat? Victor's got a, a kind of a question, is what he said. You were yeah. About, uh, going and sketching something out and then tracing it and sketching it out again, then tracing it and sketching it out again. Uh, well, at least for me, and I feel like most people, they have like a 
conception of art as you go and take a pencil or you take your medium and you go and remake it. Is there a misconception to that when you go and translate that into like when you're trying to send something to a client or a business? Would you want to have like guidelines to what you wish? Did you catch any of that, Ben? I know it's kind of Okay, right. So I'm not sure that I heard the question right, but we're talking about sketching and drawing and clients and like you guys are a little bit older. So you're thinking about like what you're going to do when you leave college and, you know, working with people. Uh, I've done this for long enough now that people employ me because of my style. So when someone's like, oh, we can draw us a sketch of what it's going to look like. I'm like, it's going to look like this, but coloured in. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a computer guy. Like, I'm not going to draw something on a computer and go, that's what it's going to look like. Because it's not. Because it's like, what like my graphic designer draws on a computer is not what it's going to look like when I freehand it on a wall and the yeah. colours are going to change. So if you're employing me, accept the fact that, like, things are going to change and it's going to look better. Yeah. Well, that's what I tell them anyway. Yeah, and especially, like, I, at this point in your career, uh, you've, you know, pe people are hiring you because they know what to kind of expect because they've seen Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. No, no, I've got style. Like, I've spent years, like, developing a style and now, like, you know, like Nike or, you know, Louis Vuitton, they employ me because they want my style. Mm -hmm. They don't want me to do like a little bit of this and a little bit of that. They want me. Yeah. So, yeah, we, 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 yeah, we don't spend that much time kind of like, we spend a lot of time thinking about the words, the phrase, how it's going to be interpreted, where it's going to fit, how we're going to make it fit. But actually sketching it up and showing the client, it's like, you know, you've employed me. If you don't want me, go and employ somebody else. Yeah. Um, so my question to that is, how do you keep, um, so obviously you like the style that you do, but like you've been doing this for long enough that things change over time, maybe. Yeah. And like, how do you keep from being pigeonholed and like, wanting people wanting you to do the exact same thing over and over again how do you keep it kind of i guess fresh is a good word but yeah it's impossible like you know like i develop new fonts and i paint them and i release something and nobody wants to buy it because everybody <laughs> wants the circus nonsense yeah and as an artist that's really really frustrating because you know i want to develop i want to push you know, move forward. I want to do interesting stuff. But the things that earns the money and everybody's got bills to pay is yeah. the stuff that people want. So are you are you constantly doing like a good mix of those two things so that you can get the, the bills paid, but then you can also kind of have that time to, you know, balance your creativity and stuff too? Yeah, so I've just done a wall in a shortage that says I don't like this anymore. And like it's so graphically and typography wrong. Like it's literally hilarious. <laughs> uh, Google it. It's on Ebor Street on the side of Shoreditch House. 
Yeah. Yeah, and it's so wrong. But it was so fun to paint. Yeah. So that keeps it interesting for you. Yeah. You know, I want to I want to do stuff that like annoys people that work in the front world. Yes, yeah. make it look good. <laughs> it does seem like in that world, there's like a lot of uh, rules and like uh, restrictions that, um, like I don't know where they come they come from, and so it's it's kind of funny that you're just like going against everything that that is that. Yeah, it's just like. It's like, you know, there are rules in typography and in like writing and in calligraphy, there are rules and you have to abide by those rules. But sometimes you can make something that actually looks better if you don't abide to those rules. Yeah. Well, that's like, and, that's why you and make that's it. What graffiti, that's what graffiti was. Yeah. Well, and that's a, another argument for, for why you would do handmade as opposed to doing it on the computer, because it's it's not going to be as maybe as perfect as like the computer can make it. But there's something nice in that imperfection, I guess. So I've got an amazing friend. His name is Stephen Powers. He writes the tag Espo. He's based in New York mm -hmm. and he does sign writing and screen printing and graffiti. And he says perfection comes to standard, but mistakes cost extra. Yeah. And I just think that's beautiful. That is beautiful. So Ben, when you were starting out, I, I'm, I, it probably doesn't happen as much anymore. Maybe it does. I don't know. But it, when, you, when you were starting out, did you ever like have the thought of uh, I'm not good enough or, you know, you're in the middle of a painting and you're like, why am I even doing this? Like the, the popular term right now is like imposter syndrome. But like, did you ever have that? And if, if so, how did you... Um, I don't know. No. And still create? No. No. <laughs> I definitely thought to myself, this isn't going to work out right. <laughs> yeah. But I never thought to myself, why am I doing this? Like, like I always had a passion and a drive and a belief in what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Like, I never once thought to myself, yeah, why am I doing this? It was like, there, there, there was never a question about why I'm doing this. I'm, I'm doing this because I've got this unbelievable drive and this passion. And there's a book called Subway Art that's my Bible. And I'm like religiously like mental about this book. Mm -hmm. And I have to do this. You know, there were obviously consequences to like writing, you know, painting trains and doing graffiti. But you know, it's, it's led me to where I am now. Yeah. So that's a good point. The, the legal versus illegal. I mean, it sounds like when you were coming up, you definitely were not always doing things that you had permission to do, but like for these guys, I don't want any of them to get arrested. Uh, yeah, don't get arrested. So what, what, what would you be your advice on like how to go about doing any like sort of street art in a way that will not get them arrested? <laughs> okay. Like, do you think if they went up to like a business and they said like, "Hey, I'll paint this wall for you," do you, like, are places open to that, or do you think that it just depends? Yes, they are open to it, and I get a lot of walls by knocking on doors. Okay. 
but you need a portfolio of art that you've done mm-hmm. for somebody to say, yes, you can come along and paint my wall. Yeah. So there's got to be a Hall of Fame somewhere around the corner. Yeah. Like a legal wall that you can go and paint. So go and paint it, get a photo, stick it on Instagram. You know, so like you're young, social media, like nonsense, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then promote yourself. Be an influencer. Wear some. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, it's an uphill struggle. Like no one's going to let you in the door if you haven't done anything. Right. If you haven't done anything, how are you going to get in the door? So it's like you've got to get out and do something for yourself for free that's going to cost you money. And then you can use that to go and get a job and go get work. Mm -hmm. And then maybe if you're lucky, someone in five years' time will give you some money to do it. And then you'll be, yeah, yeah, working for Nike or whatever. Yeah. Um, So letter form, like as an art form, do you have like a... Do you have like a uh, an idea or like what what makes good letter form versus what makes bad letter form? Is there a is there a distinction there for you or is it just like do it either way? Uh, so uh, somebody once said, uh, typography is like a smell. You only notice it when it's foul. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you look, okay, so, you know, it's like, it's it's language. It's, if you go to New York, right, you get on the subway, you are guided around one of the biggest cities in the world, same with Tokyo, and you don't even notice you're being guided around this city because you're just literally following instructions that are pleasing to your eye, right? That is amazing typography. Yeah. That's when words work, like when you don't notice them, when you just see a number on a bus or where the subway's going and you just get on it and you don't think about it. The stuff that I do is like slightly different. It's like more like, you know, like Rolling Stone font and like, you know, it's like, it's like landmark graffiti. Mm-hmm. You know, it's way more graffiti-based than it is, like, you know, Helvetica. Yeah. Or Times New Romeo, whatever it's called. It's uh, it's less functional, but, like, more beautiful. Yeah, it, it, does, it doesn't function, but, you know, for an artist, you know, it works. And for people that want to buy art, it works. You know, if I just, if I painted... Like the A to Z in Helvetica, no one's going to buy it. Or maybe <laughs> someone in Germany might. <laughs> that might be the new thing, Ben. Dude, I'm going to I'm going to test it out tomorrow. But I'm going to put like three drop shadows on it and make it look interesting. I, could pro- I mean, people would probably like it if you uh, did it in a certain way, for sure. Dude, I'll get my stencils laser cut. <laughs> yeah. So now when you're doing the circus font, uh, there there's so many different colors that are found in the in the circus font right and so how do you find um like your stint sometimes you'll stencil the letter forms out yeah and how many how many uh 
colors are found in one one letter generally. So each letter has five letters, has five colors. But you're doing different letters with different colors, and so you've got this okay. wall sometimes with uh, I don't know tens of letters, and each one of those you've had to cut out five stencils, and then you. Oh, no, to... no, no, no. The, the walls are all freehand. Okay. Oh, okay. So the stencils are not. So no. the canvases are stenciled, but the walls gotcha. generally are like all freehand. Yeah. Yeah. So each letter has five colors. So a 10 letter word is like 50 different colors. Wow. That's intense. Is yeah. It, uh, is it, I would assume it's pretty time intensive. So to do like one canvas is like the amount of cutting and painting and stuff. I mean, how long does it, does a canvas take you? Uh, about a month. Yeah. And that's working almost every day on that. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't make one canvas a month. I make like, you know, 20 canvases mm -hmm. or 10 canvases. So yeah, I don't, I don't work on one canvas at a time. I work on like numerous different things at the same time. Gotcha. Um, what uh well let me open it up one more time for for questions here because i, I don't want to take all the time um uh, yeah we got rachel's got a question here um hi uh, and if you can't hear i can repeat and this is yeah um i was just wondering because uh, you touched on it briefly uh but what exactly drew you to like street art like art in the street and like in the city like outside so, canvas like what what drew you to that <laughs> So Ben, when you saw this book uh, that became so important to you, what was it about uh, like art in the street that that drew you to it? At the time, it wasn't art on the street. It was art on the side of trains. Mm -hmm. And I'd never seen anything like it in my life. Like it literally blew my mind. And I was like... That scene, Hand of, I don't know if you know the book, but in this book, there's a scene, top to bottom whole car, that says Hand of Doom. And it's just like, you don't even know that it's on the train until you look at the photo and you see the wheels at the bottom. And I'm like, how and why are people doing this? Like, I need to do this. So then I kind of like, I spent like a long time like doing that. And then we moved to an area in London called Shoreditch. And it was like one of the poorest neighborhoods in London. So nobody cleaned off graffiti. So we painted streets, shutters, bridges, and nobody cleaned it off. Mm -hmm. And we got to see what we painted and it stayed there. And you know, if you're gonna paint something, you wanna see it. Yeah, sure. So, and then, and this was like before street art was a thing. Like we didn't know what we were doing. We were just painting stuff. And then, you know, like we set up a company where we could sell stuff called Pitch the Walls and, you know, Banksy and Fowl and Bast and, you know, and then it turned into a business. But at the beginning, we were just painting stuff. We were just like kids, just like running around having fun. Yeah. And it turned into a job. That's pretty amazing. What what do you think that uh, you would have like a uh, young street artist Ben would have thought of uh, 
of where you're at now, being able to make a living doing what you're doing. Yeah, it's incredible that we, you know, that we've actually turned it into a job. But if I was going to give anybody any advice, I'd say get into coding. Okay. <laughs> so stay far away from what you're doing right now. Well, no. Well, no. Weirdly, uh, uh, weirdly, I think that. No, I'm not going to talk about NFTs. Do you know what NFTs are? Yeah, it's uh, it's all I'm hearing about like over the past week. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not, I've not talked with it uh, with them about NFTs, but if you if you have something you want to share about that, you can. But... No, no, not at all. I, I can't get my head around it. But like, it's I've been kind of a strange before. concept. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, so you guys are going to be the future because as the world progresses, everything's going to get made by robots. And the only thing that rich people are going to want to buy is something that's handmade. Hmm. I love that. And that will be the artisan of the future. Yeah. So that, that makes what the artist, that makes the artist's job even that much more important because it's, it's going to be so important. Otherwise just buy a, a like an, don't even have, like an animated NFT nonsense that you have on your screen phone, whatever. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, no, no. People, like rich people are going to want to buy handmade stuff. Yeah, I agree with that. Craft is so, in lockdown. Yes, craft is upcoming in lockdown. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, stick to what you're doing. Forget you the coding thing. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, um, did you, that brings up an interesting point about, cause their, their future is something that is, that they're thinking about a lot because, you know, these guys are, I think anywhere from 15 to 18 years old. And so some of them will be starting college soon and all that stuff. If that, if that's the, the path they choose, but how did you, how did you learn to do what you did? Did you go to school at all, take any classes at all? Or was it all kind of just like being out on the street, learning how to do it? Literally being out on the street. I left school at 15. I didn't go to art school. I didn't study anything, uh, but I had a fascination and a passion about mm. art. Yeah. You know, I loved, I remember, like, like, I read a lot when I was a kid. Well, I still do. But I remember reading about, like, Andy Warhol and then Andy Warhol and then Velvet Underground and then Nico and then Keith Haring and Basquiat and... I just learned all this stuff as I went along. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and then, you know, I did graffiti. So I kind of taught myself, which, yeah. which, is the other, which is the other really, really interesting thing. It's like when I started screen printing for Pitch the Walls, I'd never screen printed before. So I didn't know how to screen print, which meant I didn't know how not to screen print. <laughs> You didn't have any, any bad habits to, to get rid yeah. of. Yeah. So, like, if, if you went to a screen print and was like, yeah, we want to screen print this in acid, he'd be like, yeah, you can't do that. But, like, you came to me and was like, we want to screen print this in acid. I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So because I didn't know how to do it, I didn't know how not to do it. So we experimented with so much stuff. Yeah. And yeah. made, like... Like, look at Pitch the Walls, Google Pitch the Walls. Like, we did Banksy and Jamie Hewlett, who did Gorillas, and 3D from Massive Attack and Paul Insect and 
Baston Foul, Ico, like, yeah, Vils. Vils is another amazing artist from Portugal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's, yeah, that's, I think, a quality that if you don't have it, like, naturally, it's something that is good to learn at this age is, like, if you don't know how to do something, just learn how to do it. And especially because I was just talking about this right before our call that like, there's so many resources out there and whether you go to art school or you don't go to art school, having that, like, uh, I don't know how to do this. Let me figure it out. Quality is like, the thing thing about art school is they teach you how not to do stuff. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know how to do it, then you'll just do it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, ben, I'm going to open it up again for, for some student questions, if that's all right. Anybody? Be shy. Victor's got another question. Let's just grab it. And again, Ben, if you don't hear this, let me know and I'll yeah. uh, repeat it. Uh, since you've been in the field for quite a while, uh, you were talking about uh, they don't teach you, uh, they teach you what not to do in art school. Is there anything that you look and reminisce on that you wish you'd gone to art school to learn or had not been told not to do? I'd like to be able to, (laughs) I would love to be able to do life drawing. (laughs) Yeah. Is is there anything else, uh, any like, not regrets, but just like things that you wish you could have gotten from going to school or are you like pretty content with just uh like learning on your own or uh i think at some point i'm gonna get too old to like run up and down ladders and scaffold towers and spray paint walls so then i'm gonna learn how to actually paint with like oils or acrylics (laughs) uh so yeah i'm kind of waiting for that to happen uh, but yeah, I'd love to be able to actually draw something like figuratively, like life drawing. Yeah. I think that's an amazing talent. And it's, it's also about, you know, like training your eyes to see or training your brain to read something that you don't necessarily see or the average person doesn't see. Mm-hmm. It's like literally retraining your brain to see colors, to see shapes, to see shadows, to see highlights. Yeah. that the average person doesn't see. And that's that's the difference between, like, what I can't do and what I'd like to be able to do. Um, I just thought of a lot of things while you're saying that. One is that I, yeah, le- training your brain is definitely something that you have to do in those scenarios because it seems like, like the things that blow my mind sometimes are, like, seeing a portrait and they've got, like, purples and greens in the face or something, but it looks realistic. Yeah but it's like they pulled those things that nobody else would see out into a face or something. But Oh my God. So, okay. So Chuck Close, right? You guys know Chuck Close. Yeah. Amazing. Did photorealistic portraits like six foot tall in black and white. And then he got bored of doing that. Mm -hmm. Had like some paralytic fit, became disabled, is in a wheelchair and then did CMYK paintings. So he did a yellow painting and then a blue painting and then a pink painting over the top of each other and made it photorealistic whilst he's in a wheelchair. Yeah. 
I and and the the ones where that has the the grids with all the colors and things. Those are yeah, nice. yeah, the more modern stuff. But yeah, like his old stuff, like back in Andy Warhol days in the Studio Fifty Four, was like you actually painted this three times to make it photorealistic. Yeah, yeah, it blows my mind. Blows my mind too. Um, the other two things I got from that were uh, that I hope. I hope that I get to see uh, 80 year old Ben up there on a scaffold painting a mural. <laughs> yeah, me the too. Other thing, <laughs> the other thing is, um, I, I think you should, uh, you should do the figure drawing stuff. I'm just, I know I'm, I'm not the one that should give you permission to do it, but I think that I'm going to encourage you to uh, just take some time to do it. It's definitely something I want to work on. And then one day when you're 90 and you want to make some oil paintings, you can do some figure oil paintings. I'll have a show at the Royal Academy. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, this has been great. Yeah. Uh, please send us your dress and we'll send you like 30 face masks or something. We will do it. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's very, very kind of you. Um, and yeah. we... <laughs> yeah. yeah face mask hopefully yeah. hopefully we won't uh we won't need them all that much longer but if uh they can always hang it on their wall or something yeah exactly <laughs> just sell it on ebay yeah <laughs> um, sign them all and sell them on ebay well before you <laughs> leave, pay for your college <laughs> yeah before you leave can i ask you one more kind of quick question ben yeah, go on um so you kind of already touched on this earlier but if you could go back to uh, 16 or 17 year old Ben and give yourself one piece of advice that would help you in your artistic journey. Draw, draw and draw. Draw, draw and draw. Yeah, draw, draw and draw. And when you've run out of drawing, draw some more. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Okay, cool. This has been fun. Ben, yeah, thank you so much for, for agreeing to do this. I know you're- oh, no, honestly, thank you. Like, this is important to me. Like talking to people and like, dude, you're on the other side of the world. I know. I was just right before when we were sitting on the call waiting for you to come in. I was just like, isn't it awesome that we can talk to somebody on the opposite end of the world in real time? Like yeah. anytime we want and we don't really yeah. ever do it. So yeah. Art class, y'all. Listen to your teacher. I'm going to play that on repeat, Ben. Yeah. Listen to your teacher. <laughs> <laughs> All right, have fun. Thanks, Ben. Hey, hope you have a great year. Hope it's your best year yet. Yeah, you too. See you later. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much to Ben for talking with us. We had a great time and learned a lot about what he does. It was a huge honor. His work can be found on Instagram at EinSigns or online at benein.co.uk. You can also find the work that he did with Banksy and other street artists by going to picturesonwalls.com. As always, thank you for listening. If you have any questions or have artist suggestions for this podcast, you can email at schsvisualart at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at schsvisualart. Until next time, keep creating.